0: Countdown for Grasshopper. x minus five, four, three, two. 4, 3, 2, X-1, fire. I don't wanna
1: grow up, don't wanna grow up. I don't wanna grow up, don't wanna
0: grow up. Welcome to the Toys R Us report, recorded live on the third largest moon in our solar system, Callisto. He's the current reigning podcasting champion of the world. Your host, Icy Robots.
1: Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It's me again, Icy Robots. I'm not a hero. I just sacrifice to make your life a bit better each and every week. And this week, it's not going to get a bit. It's going to get a bunch better because... We got a ton of fun show ahead of us. We're going to talk about the CW's new show, The Legends of Tomorrow. We're going to talk about uh, Degrassi. We're going to talk about Drake on Degrassi. We got um, some kind thoughts for our man, Iron Mike Sharp. This is just a great show, my dudes. But unfortunately... Our man Iceberg isn't here. I'm uh, still alone. Still all alone up on the uh, space station. To robot Ramadan everywhere, man. So, uh, I don't know. Let me find the right key to uh, advance to the next level in the game.
0: Yo, ISR, man. I don't understand this, man. Yo, you've got to slow down, man. You're losing him.
1: Radio suckers never play me.
0: Break yourself. This is the Toys R
1: Us report. Nobody moves. Nobody gets hurt. If you've been following the show for a while, you know that I'm a fan of the teenage drama known as Degrassi. And if you've been following Degrassi for a while, you know that the show was recently uh, canceled by The N or Nick or Teen Nick or whatever they call it now. But it wasn't canceled altogether. It was still airing in Canada on the uh, Canadian Public Broadcasting System or C. PBS or I have no idea, but um, what was happening that made it dope was that Netflix picked up the rights to air the episode so while at first we were hurt because Degrassi got canceled, we were then elated that they were gonna go to somewhere as dope as Netflix. It was good news and all Degrassi heads were stoked and the episodes have started appearing on Netflix, they're gonna do 10, I think it's 10, then they're gonna release 10 more later. I believe that uh, 2.0 told me that they have released all 20 in Canada and that we're behind and uh, she's actually seen them. She went on the internet and she watched all 20 which kind of got me a little peeved because a lot of times we'll watch these together and I only have access to the ones on Netflix. But anyhow, we're checking it out, watching the uh, the start of it on the Netflix deal and right when the episode starts, one of the characters on the show references Drake, now this is weird, if you watch Degrassi, and even if you don't, if you don't even know this, let me start with this, Drake is a super famous rapper nowadays, and he got his start on Degrassi playing a character named Jimmy, Jimmy was, he, uh, was wheelchair bound, but he, uh, he had skills in the rap game, you know, it was kind of mirroring real life, um, that Drake, you know, wanted to become a rapper, so his character was getting to rapping, and in this episode of Degrassi that just aired, they mentioned Drake, and they did not mention that he was Jimmy who went to Degrassi, where they are now going to school. They talked about him as if he was some celebrity that they would never meet. Now, this got me, this got me straight tripping out. So, I started thinking on this, and it just got me bugging out. So, you gotta, you gotta try to follow along with this. When it comes to, like, these kind of weird paradoxes, it can get confusing, and I'm probably gonna confuse myself. But, um, Alright. Jimmy and Drake are both into rapping. They both go to, uh... They both go to high school at the same time in the same city. They both look identical, okay? They both look identical. But one of them goes on to have incredible success. He becomes the biggest rapper in the world. And the other one... I don't remember what happened to Jimmy. I think he got into the music biz or whatever. But he's no Drake. He is no Drake. So do you think that it bothers him? Do you think it bugs him that there is a dude from his hometown who also looks exactly like him who is the biggest MC in the world? Do you think that Jimmy, while walking around his town, he did eventually get the use of his legs again? Do you think while Jimmy's walking around Toronto, people come up to him and confuse him for Drake? It must happen all the time. Do you think that Jimmy has done anything to differentiate his appearance from Drake? Drake, he, he's a handsome dude, you know, but he's got a beard. He has a short haircut. Uh, nothing nothing crazy. Nothing out of the ordinary. Maybe Jimmy started wearing glasses. Or maybe Jimmy's kind of wore his, grown his hair out long. I wonder. I wonder because I would imagine that it just must happen all the time. It must be like a daily occurrence that somebody comes up and they're like... What's up, Drake? And he's like, uh, it's not Drake. My name is actually Jimmy Brooks. Um, I'm a Degrassi graduate. I wonder also if when he was on the rap scene around Toronto, if Jimmy and Drake ran into each other. I wonder if, uh, they ever battled. Imagine that. Two, uh, identical fools battling with their Canadian rap styles. Anyway, just something to think about. And you know what? It's not even the first time it's happened. One of the characters on Degrassi, her name was Darcy, The actress who played Darcy went on and uh, had an appearance. She didn't even have an appearance. She was the star of the 90210 remake. And at one point on Degrassi, they mentioned her by her actress name. One of them was like, maybe when I grow up, I can be like uh, the next Shanae Grimes or whatever it was. So this is a paradox they've taken on a couple times. I don't know if I even would. I probably would just leave it alone. But at the same time, they probably want to leave a shout out to their... uh, successful alums, it makes sense in that sense, uh, before we go, just as we were getting ready to go to press, I have found out about the passing of one of my favorite, actually, probably my favorite, uh, WWF jobbers of all the time, Iron Mike Sharp, man, me and my bro used to be so into Iron Mike Sharp, Iron Mike Sharp was what you call an underneath guy in wrestling meaning his job was to make the dudes who they saw as stars look better by letting them uh get over on them but mike was good man mike had a real good style about him he was a big heavy set hairy guy with this wrist brace he seemed to have like permanent damage to his wrist and every once and again he would like slip an object into his wrist brace giving it superpowers and he would use it to uh, devastate his foes iron mike was canadian and while he was a small-time guy but important guy in the wwf he did have some success overseas his father was one of the first american villains on the japanese scene And as such, the Sharp name carried weight. I would see reports, like, in PWI Pro Wrestling Illustrated every once in a while of, like, WWF tours. And over there, the main events would be, like, Hulk Hogan and Iron Mike Sharp against two of the uh, Japanese regulars. It was very weird to me, and I could not figure out what that was about. It wasn't until years later I discovered that he had a uh, history. His family had a history overseas. But, um... Iron Mike dude you are the real Iron Mike you are the first Iron Mike that ever came into my life before Mike Tyson before Mike Ditka there was to me at least Iron Mike Sharp so Iron Mike we reminisce over you
0: at the movies without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy robots, so that's something, right? Why are you calling me? I don't do this anymore. I found something really interesting. When the banks committed the greatest fraud in US history... The
1: big banks. Ripping off working people.
0: Four rebels risked it all to take them down. If we're right, people lose homes, people lose jobs.
1: We're going to make the big banks hurt. It's a nice shirt, do they make it for men? <laughs> So Mike Barry, who doesn't
0: wear shoes, knows more than the federal government. Dr. Dr. Mike Barry, yes, he does. The Big Short, Rated R.
1: That was a weird TV spot. I don't think that's what the movie was about at all. Sure, there was a banking crisis. Sure, there was all kinds of problems. The government and the banks were doing all sorts of shady stuff. But the dude's in it. And the movie weren't dedicated to trying to take them down. They were trying to profit off it. Now, sure, in the movie, they had a bit of sympathy for the people who were losing everything. But they weren't crusading on their behalf. They became millionaires and maybe even billionaires off it. Um, The Big Short is the story of the big housing bubble of a few ten years back. The deal where people were getting loans That they could not afford to uh, buy houses that they could not afford and eventually they lost. It's a very sad story. I know many people who got houses and then eventually lost them. So it uh, kind of hits close to home. I wasn't one of them. Don't worry about your boy. Don't worry about me. But I do know some people anyway. The movie stars uh, Steve Carell, Baby Goose, Ryan Gosling, and a bunch of other people. Brad Pitt. It's an ensemble piece. There's a lot of people. The movie's well acted. It's very interesting, but there is also a lot of math. There is just so many numbers, so many things, so many acronyms for other things that I had a hard time keeping track of what was actually going on. As far as the fine details, but I did enjoy the performances. But it's a kind of a walking, talking movie. Uh, lots of people just walking around and talking about stuff. And that is not a bad thing. I love good dialogue. But, um,. When it comes, this isn't a movie that's getting, you know, Oscar consideration. And when you hit that level, to me, you really got to do something exciting in your movie. And I just don't think that this movie, while very good, is in the same category as, you know, Mad Max or The Revenant or one of these other things. And it's an interesting story that a lot, a lot, a lot of people are going to relate to. But it's not one of the best movies I have seen in the year. I don't know. I did... Enjoy it, and um, I saw this one at home. I got my Oscar screeners, I saw this one at home, and that allowed me the opportunity to kind of start fiddling with my phone, start doing things of that sort. I was not as engaged with it as I have been with other movies. Now, that's not to say that I didn't enjoy it because a lot of the individual performances are quite good, just overall, it wasn't exactly my cup of tea. You might like it. I would recommend seeing it. It's interesting because it's a period piece from 10 years ago. It's weird to hear the music that was popular at that time. You kind of forget about, like, Lady Tron or the Gorillas or Gnarls Barkley or some of these acts that were big at the time. It's uh, the first time I've seen a period piece from a period that I remember so well. So it did have that going for you, and it's interesting. Also... Steve Carell is a super talented dude, but there's something about him as a serious actor that I don't enjoy and I don't I don't think that it's not that he's good not good at it because he is very good at it, but there's something about him that just kind of turns me off when he's playing the serious role. I think it might be I'm too used to seeing him as Michael Scott and when I see him doing something else, it's as if Michael Scott is pretending to be somebody else. I don't know. That's probably just my individual prejudiced, but um it's a bit of a turnoff and I feel bad for feeling that way you should be able to just you know shut your mind off and go forward but uh the movie's okay it's not terrible by any means it's a bit boring to me it was a bit boring and I feel bad saying that uh but it wasn't that I didn't enjoy it because I didn't feel like I wasted my time but um it's the kind of thing you can see on disc is cable or cable just as easily as you can see on the big screen. So I would recommend that you do that if you are interested in the big short. I give it the uh, source ratings. I'm going to give it like three mics, three and a half mics, meaning there were some really good parts that you will enjoy. But overall, it's just not as tight as some of the other things out there.
0: seen men of steel die and dark nights fall then how do we stop them of all the people who ever lived i chose you eight i certainly hope that you won't let me and the world and in the future you're a legend
1: If you spend any time at all listening to the Toys R Us report, and I hope that you do, I hope that you spend at least half an hour every week. Maybe more, maybe you can go check out a back episode if you want, but I hope you spend at least half an hour every week. And if you do spend that time, you know that I am a big fan of the CW's Arrowverse. What is that? I mean, I hope you know. It's the uh, universe created by Greg Berlanti based around, well, it started on uh, The Arrow, the show about the Green Arrow, and then it moved into The Flash. And now it's moved on to another show, and it is awesome. It's called Legends of Tomorrow, and it is the first time we have ever seen on the tube a superhero team-up show. They took characters from both of the already existing shows, added a new one, Rip Hunter the Time Dude, and they made a time-travel superhero show. I saw it this past week, and I gotta say, it is awesome. You got some, uh... You got some people from Arrow, you got Katie Lott, the Black Canary, one of my favorites, she's now known as the White Canary, and then you got some people from Flash, you got Heatwave and Captain Cold, you got villains, you got the Professor and the other guy who formed Firestorm, you got, ugh, oh, it is just so great, this show, this show is so fun, uh, The basic idea is that Rip Hunter is part of the Time Command from the future, and in the future, the evil, immortal Vandal Savage has taken over the world, so Rip feels like it is his duty to go back, recruit some heroes, and defeat Vandal Savage before this can even happen. It's a great premise. It opens you up to a lot of fun ideas. Uh, As I understand it, there is going to be... There's going to be a lot of time travel, obviously, but there's also going to be alternate universes. I know that they have already cast somebody to be Jonah Hex, so you know that they are going to go back into the Old West. I am the biggest fan of the Western hero, DC's Western hero, Jonah Hex. I thought the movie was awful, so I'm excited that they're going to take another stab at it. I I, I had thought that the movie was so bad that they may never, ever, ever venture into the world of Jonah Hex, and I'm glad to see that they have. They cast, uh... If you have seen that movie, That Thing You Do, with, uh, Tom Hanks, they cast the dude who was the lead of the group that sang the song, That Thing You Do, or whatever it is. The one who, he was a bit arty-farty and ended up leaving and forming his own group called The Herdsmen. That guy is gonna be Jonah Hex. That dude's a good actor, man. It could be, it could be a lot of fun. I have, uh, I have a cold right now, so please excuse my voice, um... I have some kind of space virus and it's terrible because, as you know, Iceberg and everybody are, uh, away from the ship. So, it's up to me to take care of myself. There's nothing worse than being super sick and having to take care of yourself. I mean, uh, even, like, getting soup or whatever is a struggle. So, please, please forgive all of the, uh, eh, sounds I keep making. It's just the way it is. But, um, I got pretty high hopes for this. I thought that the, I thought that the pilot was really good. It shows the formation of the team, as you would expect, and then they go on a bit of an adventure, and I just thought it was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, Just uh, the whole time travel thing, it opens you up to so many options. It's like that uh, show that was on Fox back in the day called Sliders with Jerry O'Connell, where they would go through um, different universes, different timelines where everything was different. With this, you have just... You have just endless options. This could be one of the best shows of all the times. I know I don't know if it will be, but it could be really great. And if you're a fan of the already existing shows, you're going to love it, man. And if you don't watch the shows, this is a good jumping on point. Sure, there are people from the other programs, but you don't really need to know that much about them to get involved with it. You could really start with a blank slate and just go on the premise that they are all... People looking for redemption. That's really the, uh, thing going on here. Everybody, for whatever reason, goes on the mission because they are looking for something in life. For example, the Adam, The Adam uh, played by Brandon Routh. He died on the show, and when he, he didn't really die. People thought he died. And when he was gone, he felt as if nobody noticed. So he wants to do something that would make his life important. My favorite, the Black Canary. She is looking for more out of her life than just being an assassin. Then you got Captain Cold and Heatwave, who are a bit reluctant to go along, but you will probably see them grow. They're villains. You'll probably see them grow from being villains into being kind of anti-heroes. So their redemption comes in that. Then you got the Professor, who along with Firestorm, uh, you know, they combine together and they make Firestorm. You got the Professor, who's an older fella, and he's looking for just one last adventure in his life when he thought adventures were all past him. So... I don't know. There's just a lot you can do with that. Let's take another quick pause, check out another commercial for the show. Then we'll come back and take a look at a couple fun things they might hopefully explore in the upcoming episodes.
0: I've been tasked with assembling an elite team to travel through time before Vandal Savage puts an end to it. It's called the Wave Rider. Just hang on and remain calm. All your worlds are about to change. You people, please stop hitting me. Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the show with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. He won't be sorry for long.
1: The DC Universe is an old and historic type deal, so they got a lot, a lot, a lot of options as far as multiverses or uh, historical timelines they can uh, take advantage of. Let's see. We know if they're going to the Old West, that would be dope. What if they went to the far future and they looked at Commandy, the boy from the future, the uh, last survivor of what was known as the Great Crisis or whatever? What if they explored some of the multiverses, like the one, uh, I think it's Earth X, where the Nazis win, and you have Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters. That would be fantastic. What about the one where, uh, I don't know what Earth it was, but where the villains have taken over, and you have, um, Lex Luthor standing alone, fighting against the evil version of the Justice League. That would be great right there. The options are just endless. This could be... So much fun. One thing that I hope that they get into, and I imagine that they eventually will, is World War II. I just, ugh. I love the DC World War II heroes, and I would love to see them go back and check out, like, Sergeant Rock, or the Unknown Soldier, or Balloon Buster, or even go back to World War One and see Enemy Ace, the noble German pilot. I always thought that was weird that they based a comic around a uh, World War I German pilot. I mean, the dude was supposed to be, like, really noble and really cool, but the whole thing seemed weird. Man, let's just, you know, I hope that they do go back to World War II. I would love to see Sergeant Rock in, in a TV show. Sergeant Rock is one of my favorites. I just really, really dig those uh, World War Two stories. They're my favorites. I'd like to see the Haunted Tank. These are all names you should look up if you don't know. The Haunted Tank, Sergeant Rock, Unknown Soldier, Balloon Buster, Enemy Ace... Check out those guys. Go on uh, Wikipedia, dig it, because that would be just a really fun episode. But um, right about now, I don't know, man, we are running low on time. It seems like we are always running low on time here at the Toys R Us report. Let's see if there are any other fun. What about the Charlton heroes? What if they did an episode where they went to see like the Question, the Question Vic Sage and uh, the Blue Beetle and all those neat guys, that would be fun. What about the Shazam universe, the Fawcett heroes, and you got Shazam, Mary Marvel, the lion dude and all that stuff, that would be great. What if they went back, I don't know, to like the 80s when things started to get like grim and gritty and you saw like darker versions of the heroes, this, I don't know, this This show can be so much fun. I recommend it just, I recommend it so highly. The pilot episode's an hour. It was actually, I think, a two-parter, so it's two hours split into two separate things. But by the time it was over, I wanted more. I wanted to see more of this. I'm really looking forward to next Wednesdays. Is it on Wednesday? Maybe it's on Thursday. I think it's on Thursday. I was thinking about this, too. The CW really has us hooked right now. Actually, I'm going to say the Greg Berlanti universe has us really hooked. You got Supergirl on Monday. I love Supergirl. And then, I don't know, you got Flash, and then you got Arrow, and now you got Legends of Tomorrow. It's like these shows are taking up such a big part of my TV week. But I'm not complaining, my dudes. I am not complaining in any way because back in the day, we used to watch like Law & Order. You had Law & Order, Law & Order Special Victims, and you had that one that was like really in the courtroom. So it's like, whereas you used to watch Law and & Order and all other dumb cop shows like that, now I spend the week watching superhero shows, and, you know, that's fantastic. Uh, let's see, what if they also, what if they went to the Vertigo universe, and you got to see more of John Constantine, who has already appeared on Arrow? You got to see more of him, Swamp Thing, The Sandman, Death, all that fun stuff. They could do that. There is just, man, these, this is... This is such an open-ended premise. I could see this show going on forever. I don't think it will. But what if it does? It's just, oh my gosh. We are living in an age of wonder. This is just a great, great time to be watching TV. This is just overall a great time to be alive. Greg Berlanti, my dude, I've never met you, but I give you a big tip of my hat. Uh, we owe a lot of our recent happiness to you. You are really, you're hitting them out of the park every time, my dude. Just, uh... Don't slow your roll, man. Keep it going. Keep moving forward. And with that said, it's time to move into the final segment of the show known as the bah, 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 Toys R Us Repizzort.
0: Yo, ISR, your man. You've gotten running scared, man. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. Your weekly toy shop update. The Toys R Us Report.
1: I'm fading fast, guys. I can feel this cold is really taking hold. I need some chicken soup, so, uh, I don't know how much Toys R Us report we're going to get to you today. Um, it's raining. It's raining really hard here on our sector of Earth, and one thing they did that was really dope was, instead of canceling the flea market that we go to every week, they moved it indoors. They've never done that before. It was inside of the Veterans Building, which was fun. It was in a small room, but, um, it enabled, uh, different vendors to put things out, and, uh, one of the things I saw that I bought I'm really fading. I feel bad for you guys for having to listen to this. But um there was a guy who had a table full of movie posters and I got up on something that I have wanted for so long. I got a poster from one of my favorite movies, The Warriors by Walter Hill. You know the one where a warrior is about to play? That one. I got the poster, I got a frame. I'm going to hang it in the hallway. It will join my other movie posters in my small movie poster collection. I got um I got Flash Gordon. I got uh, Escape from New York. I got one from Lost in Translation that my brother bought my wife. It's a Japanese version. It's really nice. And then I got a Kevin Smith autograph Chasing Amy poster that he also bought us. So we're going to have like a whole nice hallway. It's going to be like the Icy Robots Hall of Fame of movies. It's, it's going to be cool. I'm really uh, excited about that. And the big part that was dope was I got it for $10. It's in really nice shape. There's some pinholes in the corners. But when I... Uh, frame it up you won't even be able to see it so that's cool and then after the flea market we headed over to the toys r us and we are starting to see more of the batman v superman toys pile in there i got some pictures you can take a look check out the show notes on uh icrobots.com i saw uh they had like utility belt they had some kind of like a grappling hook gun they had some new action figures they had some cars like uh hot wheels cars branded with the characters on the side I might have mentioned those before. I'm not into that. I don't know the deal like what is so cool about getting like a Ford Fairlane with uh batman has uh with Batman's picture on the side. I mean in real life that would be neat, but as far as a toy, I don't know it's not that fun, but um they had those, and the, I don't know i um I'm starting to fade. I feel as if this space virus is really getting a hold of me uh. Hopefully I'll be able to ditch it in the next couple of days and I can't imagine that you guys have any interest in hearing about my uh, health or well-being but um I think I'm going to cut the show short right now I uh things are starting to fade I can feel the black I can feel the blackness overtaking me and uh hopefully I've heard they have actually ordered the space hearse to come take me away hopefully that won't be the case but if it is If it is, and you never hear from me again, it's been nice being with you guys, it's been nice talking to you every week, but, um, I don't think that's the case, I think I'm gonna survive, I think I'm gonna end up kicking this within the next few days, so, uh, this is me, Robots, signing out for episode number 65 of the Toys R Us Report, if you don't know, now you know.
0: Yeah, that's right. This jam is rated Cold Medina, man. That's right, Cold Medina. We're in EFFECT, otherwise known as Effect. Know what I'm saying?
1: This has been an IC Robots Radio production.